The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Home. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Riverfront Red Show and the sweet, sweet sounds of Freak Bass. This is episode number 524 of the world's most dangerous podcast, where we will discuss, you guessed it, the Cincinnati Reds. And specifically this week, uh, some of the people we are most excited to see actually take the field. Because you know what happens soon in two days, one day after this episode is going to drop? We got live baseball, baby. The Cincinnati Reds are playing actual baseball on a diamond against another team. It's been the longest offseason ever. I'm pumped. Can't wait. And I'm also pumped to talk about it with the man, the myth, the legend, Chad Dotson. Chad, welcome. Nate, I was pumped until today. Oh, I was, I was absolutely, I've been so excited for the spring trading um, just because of what happened last year. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, I'm always excited this time of year. Um, and have more reason to be excited this year than most years. But I fear that a uh, we had a bad omen today. Sorry to drop this on you. I, I hadn't told you about this. Are, are you sure you want to hear it? I'm, I'm, I might need to log off. Bring it on. What we got? So um, I was moving in. I'm moving in. Been moving into a new office. And, um, and as I moved into the new office, well, I was moving some of my bobbleheads into the new office. And oh, no. the uh, the 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 epic bobblehead of the immortal Johnny Gomes, his his head fell off. How how dare you? His head fell <laughs> off. That's a that seems like a bad omen. It can't be a good omen. Um, do I need to come over? We can sacrifice some chickens. We might need to <laughs> do do oh, some dances goodness. around the fire. I don't know, but we'll do it because I'm not letting anything ruin these immaculate vibes that I've got going on over here. Good vibes only. Good vibes only, man. Good vibes mostly. Uh, before we go any further, um, please, if you are listening, go hit that follow, subscribe button, whatever it is, on your favorite podcast app. Give us a like. Give us a five-star rating or four if you only kind of like us. Um, anything below that, just, you know, don't. You don't want to be that kind of person. Who does that? If you're watching us on YouTube, give us one of those subscribes. We'd sure appreciate it. And, Last but not least, huge, huge shout out to the family over at patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy. Love those guys. We're actually hanging out this uh, Saturday, going to watch a little baseball movie and just shoot off at the gums, flap the gums. I don't know. Cliches, words, hard, Nick Carl. Anyway, <laughs> love those guys. Appreciate them. Couldn't do this without you. All right. So we let off there, Chad. This is the last podcast before an actual Cincinnati Reds game. The Reds are playing the Guardians Saturday at 3 p.m. I think that's Eastern time. Don't quote me on that. Um, you can watch it on Bally Sports Ohio or MLB TV, it seems like. And they have announced at least some of the pitchers that we will be seeing. Carson Spears and Fernando Cruz, Buck Farmer. Those will be the three names that people are familiar with. Justin Brule, 
and Brooks Kriske are also scheduled to take the mound. I was not familiar with those until I read them today. Um, I don't know how – are you just excited to see baseball? Are you particularly amped up to see any of these guys? Well, I mean, clearly I, we've all been an, eagerly anticipating the, the finally the beginning of the Brooks Kriske era. I mean, this is what we <laughs> this is what we're here for. This this is why we watch this team. The Brooks Kriske era is upon us. I really hope he makes the team. I, I, he's in big league camp. He does. He's not on the forty man roster, but um, I don't know. I like the name. Now nah, you know, I, whatever. Uh, Buck Farmer. Buck Farmer's pitching. That's awesome. But uh, who cares? It, it's it's. You know, um, I, I use the term hope springs eternal all the time during the spring because it does. And the Reds are actually going to be throwing baseballs, uh, you know, as hard as they can and swinging bats as hard as they can. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be actual competition. But it's also the, the the first step to, you know, getting towards opening day where I, I, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen. And, I, and some years you, I have a good idea of what's going to happen. This year, I just, I'm not sure I know. Uh, they're, they could be great. They could be awful. They could be just, you know, kind of what they were last year, which is a decent team. Um, anywhere in between. So this is as as eager as I've been for an opening day in a long time. So, yeah, I'm glad to see him get back on the field. Yeah, I'm particularly pumped to watch uh, Fernando Cruz and Carson Spears on Saturday. Both of those guys could have a legitimate future with the ball club. Uh, more on Fernando Cruz later. Um, I, I really like that guy. Brule and Kriske, uh, solid, solid names. They uh, lucked out in that department, but they're long shots to stick around, so I'm not going to hold my breath. But who knows? That's what spring training's for. It's super fun. And if you want to go see those games live, Chad, I got a little deal for you. Let's hear it. If you were to download for the first time the SeatGeek app, probably go to their website. I don't know how computers work. I assume. If you were to go to SeatGeek, open your account, start a fresh one, start a new one, use one of your email addresses, and use the promo code Riverfront, one word, you're going to get $20 off your first order. You can't beat that. Listen, the things we do, things we do for the people, we really don't get enough credit. Are you telling me that essentially you get $20 free dollars? I mean, it's 20 bucks in your pocket. I don't know if you've been to a game lately, but that is like half of a beer. You could buy a half a beer with that money. (laughs) That's amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. Shout out to uh, SeatGeek, our sponsor for this week's episode and a lot of past and future episodes. Love those guys. Um, It's a pretty straightforward app. You download it and order your tickets through them. They have a little uh, green means it's a good deal. Red means it's a bad deal. If it's a sold out game, sometimes you don't have a choice. You got to get the you got to get the bad deal because you got to go. That's worth saving twenty dollars. Comes in handy. So shouts to SeatGeek. We love you. How many Reds games are going to be sold out this year? Who we'll, early in the year you think we'll get some sold sellouts? I mean, obviously opening day, but what's what's attendance going to be like? I think I think it's not going to be sellouts, but I think there's more interest this year than in a long time because the kids. I I think early on, especially in April, I, I, I'm predicting the best April mm-hmm. uh, attendance since what 2012. Maybe. Yeah, I think there's a legitimate shot. I mean, some of the uh, the people who have ran the fans off in the past have not put their foot in their mouth this offseason. Knock on wood. Still time. Uh, that entire national series is going to get sold out. The Derek Law reunion tour. You think they're going to like pl- play a tribute video on the Jumbotron for Derek Law? 
I'm telling you, I would give SeatGeek the $20 back if I got that <laughs> that value. That'd be worth the 20 extra dollars to see the Derek Law, uh, you know. Thanks for all the memories uh, video. <laughs> we'll be good to see uh, Nick Sinzel again. I'm really hoping he has a, has a big, big year for them. Me too. All right, so let's get into what's been going on over in spring training in Arizona. Um, the big news for me, uh, the thing that I think we need to at least talk about the most is that Matt McClain once again has an injured oblique. That's why I say good vibes mostly to lead this off. I don't love it, Chad. I don't love it a bit. Um, apparently, he injured it swinging too much and too hard, which is like on one hand, like, go get it, young fella. On the other hand, you're just coming back from an injured oblique. Let's not uh, let's not push it. You know, I'm, I'm, nobody has said in front of a recording od- audience that they love Daddy Hacks as much as I do. <laughs> I'm pro. I'm pro Daddy Hack, but you got to slow your roll, man. Um, I guess just are you are you worried? Are you concerned? A little, yeah. And 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 I'm rarely worried slash concerned about an, uh, an injury um, this this early in spring training. It happens. They're getting it back in shape. Um, the only thing that makes concerned though is, yeah, this is what basically ended the season last year. And uh, and Matt McClain, you know, whatever you think about uh, his ceiling or what he's going to do this year, whether he's going to have a sophomore slump, whether he's going to become an all-star, I think either are possible, obviously. He's a key part of this team. I mean, he's he's your starting second baseman. I mean, You could argue that he's the engine that well keeps this thing yeah. going. No, really. I mean, I think that's that's completely legitimate. As much as I hate to agree with you, and so the fact that it's something that we saw last year—that's the only reason. If we he'd never had this particular issue before, then I might not mm-hmm. be worried here. And maybe, maybe even here, maybe I'm just looking for a reason to be worried because he's so key to what this team can do. But yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little concerned that uh, this is something. What worries me is these obliques take a while to recover from. I mean, I remember back in the day, Johnny Cueto had this oblique injury that he just could not shake because it's it's difficult, especially in baseball where the you know the, the oblique for me, my daily activities, the oblique doesn't matter much. Uh, I don't take daddy hacks though, and so uh, yeah, I'm I'm concerned that it, I just I don't want it to be something that lingers all year long because then that really affects his performance, and so I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but. I am a little bit concerned. So, yeah, good vibes maybe. I think you have a right to be. You mentioned it being the same oblique. They're saying that it's in a different part of the oblique. I don't know. That could just be spring training talk, David Bell speak. I have no idea. But um, Matt McLean said that he was instructed to really take his time and ramp up slowly. But he just got all fired up in the cages and went a little (laughs) hard in the paint. You know, I was like, that's kind of awesome. I loved hearing it. But also, I hated that I had to hear it. You know, it happens, but don't let that happen again. So we'll. Uh, they had X-rays. All good news. All positive news. Apparently, Brent Suter went through some oblique stuff last year, and he talked to Brent about the uh, the rehab process. And they just said, "Going to be overly cautious. Take their time, and he'll be back soon." We have never stayed on 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 track here. So can I just digress for just a moment about Brent Suter, please? He is now my absolute favorite Cincinnati Red on this team. <laughs> it's official. It is absolutely official. Did you see these? He did some impressions of like Jim Carrey characters. I saw the Jim Carrey one. And and I got to tell you, they. I've already said I love you, Brent Suter. They were the worst impressions I've ever seen. They were not good. <laughs> they were not good impressions of Jim Carrey, the mask, and 
but he just seems like a fun guy and he loves being a red local guy, obviously. So he, he, he really loves being a red. So I don't know. I'm all in on the Brent Suter experience. I think I saw the Brent Suter experience in at Bonnaroo in 98. <laughs> I've used, I've used that joke 30 times. He's old enough to have actually been <laughs> playing at Bonnaroo in 1998. Yeah. So we'll stay on the injury bug while we're here. Um, Reds are being cautious, but they are optimistic about a young Nick Lodolo. Lodolo, of course, missed most of last season due to a stress fracture in his left tibia. And Chad, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure that's a bone. It could be. I don't yeah, know. So, uh, I think Lodolo's, Lodolo's done a couple bullpens already. No issues. As I said, he's ramping up in intensity every time. It says that he doesn't feel 100%, which is like a little thing I'm tucking away there but he is pain-free, and I don't think it can be discounted or emphasized enough. A healthy Nick Lodolo for this season could very well end up being the most important subplot for 2024. You talk about the the engine, uh, Mike McClain being the engine for for the team, you know, at least for the offense. And, yeah, I think it's a good argument that Lodolo could be that guy. And, yeah, I'm – here's – Here's the thing. Again, it's good vibes mostly, um, but um, I, I'm I'm big, big, big time on Nicolodolo. I'm very high on Nicolodolo. There's nothing about Nicolodolo's ability that I, I feel any less excited about than I did, you know, two years ago. Uh, and and it's all about injuries with him. And he has struggled with injuries. A lot of pitchers do. And so mm-hmm. this year, it's, if, if Nicolodolo's healthy, I have no doubt Nicolodolo's gonna gonna be uh, be good. Man, that's just such a difficult thing, thing to predict the uh, the health and yeah, he said his leg isn't feeling hundred um, percent, but yeah, I'm pain free when pitching. He said, and then he says that's where I got into trouble last year. I was feeling it, tried to continue going for a month and a half. It just gave out. We're trying to avoid that. We're being smarter with the buildup. Okay, well, I hope so. I mean, I hope that's the case. And and seeing him on the mound is absolutely encouraging. So I hope they're being smarter with it. But um, if he has another injury plagued year. It really causes problems with this rotation. But, you know, guys like Lodolo and Hunter Green and Graham Ashcraft are healthy all year. That completely changes the calculus for this team. I mean, it completely changes from being a team that, as I said, could be not great, um, a below 500 team. I think it really legitimately, if those three are healthy specifically, it puts this team in the, you know, uh, in the mix for National League pennant. Now, maybe they don't win the division, but they're in the playoffs and they've got a shot and they have a top three in the. Um, in the uh, postseason. So, yeah, I'm watching Nicola Dolo very carefully to see what's happening here. And I'm really hopeful that they are take, doing the right things, that they are taking it as slowly mm-hmm. as they need to so that he ramps up and is ready because you're right. He is he, – he, I think I'm ready to say, say he's the key to this. Uh, no, I don't think he's the key. There's another guy I'll talk about later. But, uh, there's, but there's he's a few different he, doors. He's, he's a key. Right. There you go. I agree. You know, I think this team is built to withstand – um, injuries or delays or whatever may come, whatever will come. This is not 2012 Reds. They're just going to have you know the same five guys all season long. But there is a difference between 25 or 30 starts from Nick Lodolo and 25 or 30 starts from Brandon Williamson. Yeah. You know, we get yeah. that recency bias. We uh, we forget just how good he was when he was on the mound. You know, he put up 2.7 war as a rookie at that 119 ERA plus as a rookie. And he showed flashes during that spam that he could be an absolute, absolute ace. This time last year, we were debating who is the future ace of this team, him or Hunter Green. 
And if we get that guy back with those expectations, it's huge, huge. So Well, it is. And, and I think you're right to point out the Reds have more depth this year than they had last year. We should not see what we saw in September last year with just bullpen days and nonsense. Uh, but the depth is not unlimited. And mm-hmm. a, a guy or, like Lodolo Or without Bills, question marks. Or without plenty of question marks. Absolutely. Everyone, you know, at some point, there are, it's more depth. And they're maybe better than some of the yahoos they ran out last year. But still, they're not. we're not talking about uh, superstars. So, yeah. I mean, I think Nick Lodolo, this is the year. And, for you know, he seems like a good kid. For him, I just hope for him personally that he has sure. a chance to show what he can do on the big league level. Because this is uh, – it's not a, a put up or shut up year, but it is a key year in his career. When if if it's another injury plagued year, then all of a sudden there's a narrative that starts to be written, mm-hmm. and it maybe affects his bottom line and his his, his wallet at some point. Yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm rooting for the kid. hundred percent. A couple more injuries to touch on. Noel Just just a Stop. couple. Just, just, <laughs> this is actually these are these are good news. These Noel are okay, Mar- right? I know. Yeah. Noel Vibarte and Sam Mole. Uh, Noelvi has some uh, that hamstring that he pulled in the, uh, the Caribbean World Series or in the Dominican League, the Dominican Summer League. Um, Mo with some shoulder soreness, both just nagging injuries, but expected to be ready for opening day. And David Bell actually came out today and said that Marte is slated to play on March 2nd. So the fact that they are already giving him, hey, you're going to be in the lineup in a week and a half or whatever that is, is really, really encouraging to me because I love me some Noelvi Marte, man. That guy is so good. We're going to touch on him a little more later too, but I think sky's the limit with this guy. Yeah, no, I agree. I, uh, you know, I was glad to hear that they think he'll be ready for opening day. I hope that's true. You can't trust anything that they say to you right now, but it's encouraging to hear that he's uh, progressing nicely because he's another guy that, frankly, I mean, I know he has a, a great pedigree and there's a lot of people excited for him. I know you are incredibly excited for him, but he has a lot to prove this spring too. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, uh, he 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 did perform well when he came up. I, I'm not suggesting that he's going to be sent to Double A if he has a bad spring. I think that'd be silly. But he it, it's the point in his career when he wants to establish himself as one of the the core young stars of this team. Mm-hmm. He's not quite he hasn't quite established himself. That I put him and and uh, CES uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand in sort of the same bucket. And in, in some ways that they still have a little bit to prove to show that they're in that McLean. Ellie De La Cruz, although some people will tell you that Ellie De La Cruz has a lot to prove, uh, but um, those people are morons. Well, but anyway, I just think I think it's important for him to get back on the field, and I'm excited to hear that should be okay by opening day. Yeah, you know, he passed the eye test last year, and he passed the short sample size stat test. But you're right; if he would have come up and just been right around average or slightly below, it would not be unreasonable. I don't think people would even predict him to start in the major leagues. So, hopefully, he comes out hot out of the gate once he gets back on the field. And that's can I ask you a question? I'm sorry. Please. Can I ask you one quick question? If uh, and here I go digressing again. I'm sorry, but if Noel V. Marte is a league average hitter this year, are you disappointed? Um, realistically, rationally, no. I think that um, anybody their first full season in the major leagues being an average hitter, especially at his age, would be awesome. But personally, as a fan, I okay, just I think it. he's going to be so stinking good. Like I've been. Banging the rookie of the year drum all off season long, and I'll, I'll be slightly, I'll be sad. I'll be disappointed. Yeah. I'll be sad. Sad for me, not for him. Well, the point I made to someone was that um, I would be actually happy, very happy, if you were a league age hitter, a league average hitter at age twenty two, because that's hard to do in the big leagues. But yeah, I, I do expect more. I'm with you. Yeah, that's the right answer. 
Um, a former Red got into the news a little bit. We can touch on this briefly. <laughs> um, do you remember uh, a guy who started one game in April of 2023? He made some other appearances later in the season. A young man named Levi Stout. Do you uh, look back at the Levi Stout era fondly, Chad? You know, I'm actually I'm wearing my Levi Stout jersey. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that. I'm wearing my Levi Stout jersey <laughs> right now. Well, we might look back at his time here in Cincinnati somewhat fondly. He apparently did not. Young Levi decided to burn a few bridges on his way out of town. Let's uh, let's hit the timeline real quick. Levi was drafted by the Mariners, third round, 2019. Comes over to the organization from Seattle in 2022 in the trade that sent our beloved La Piedra, Luis Castillo, to the Mariners. Sad day for all. Rest in peace, Luis Castillo. <laughs> Um, Stout then proceeded to bounce back and forth between AAA and Major League, where he had a 9.58 ERA and a 2.23 whip. Wasn't a whole lot better in AAA. Um, around a week ago, he was placed on waivers to make room for the immortal Bubba Thompson, who uh, we probably won't say his name too many more times. <laughs> Seattle then claimed him, and the prodigal son returns but not before Levi made a few statements on the way out. Um, specifically, he said his time in Cincinnati, it was different. It was a little bit of, I'd say, lack of direction in my sense. It was kind of not much of a philosophy. It was kind of just go play baseball and we'll help you along the way. Any thoughts on Levi's stout or what this might say about Reds pitching coach Derek Johnson? Well, I do have some thoughts. Um, I think uh, – I think there's two ways to look at it, and both are probably, uh, you know, have some some validity. A part of it is Levi Stout was garbage. He was hot, stinking garbage for the Reds. There was a thought that he could be a guy in that mix. When we're talking about the depth, mm-hmm. there were a lot of people throwing Levi Stout out there. And actually, I probably did mention him earlier in the year because he had a, you know, uh, not a great pedigree, but a decent one coming in. So I thought, well, and this is part of me every spring kind of squinting and trying to be hopeful. Um but he was he was one of the ones I thought, well, maybe that's some depth. No, um, he was he was not good. And um, so, so there's some like a sour grapes element to it in some ways. Like I used to be something, but then I went over there and man, they ruined me. The other side of that though, that concerns me a little is this is a conversation we've had many times. Uh, when when you know Kyle Bodie in particular was kind of forced out in Cincinnati. There were a lot of legitimate reports about the, the the reason being that the Reds were not committed to a real direction. And that's what that's sort of what Stout said. So I don't know if it's you know, um, I know a lot of a lot of Reds fans want to rally around the flag and say, How dare he? You know, he's it's you know, how dare he talk about the Reds? But listen, this organization has not had a direction very often in the last three decades. So let's not just automatically assume that because he wasn't good here that he's wrong. I hope he's not. I hope he's not correct, and um, I hope it doesn't say something about Derek Johnson because I'm by and large very pleased with what mm-hmm. Reds pitching coach uh, Derek Johnson has has accomplished during his time with Cincinnati. So I don't know. I'm just. I don't. The truth of the matter is, I don't really know what to make of it, but it's interesting. Yeah, I don't have any particular insight. I just thought it was entertaining, and what's been a slow couple uh, news weeks. You know, if I got let go from my job, I probably wouldn't immediately run to the reporters and sing the praises of the uh, person that let me go. So good luck with the rest of your career, Levi. 
Um, I think from this point on, chat, it is good vibes only, except maybe yes. if you're Hunter Green. Ooh. And that's just because his car window got smashed by it. <laughs> Le Cruz foul ball. Um, I'm I sure it. you saw that going around the interwebs, but the way that they were talking back and forth about it and just seemed to, the gang seems to be having a good time. Yeah, you know, the, the day that it happened, I had been away from the interwebs most of the day and, and, um, I, I, you know, I got home and I sat down on the couch and I had a beverage next to me and I flipped open. This was the first mistake. I flipped open uh, Twitter. But the first thing I saw was Ella De La Cruz and Hunter Green standing by a vehicle with a smashed window. And uh, and and so I thought, oh, my gosh, what is this? this is fantastic. And so, yeah, Ella De La Cruz, it's a bomb. It smashes the window in Hunter Green's uh, car. Um <laughs> It's not, we really shouldn't spend any time talking about this, but I love it. I absolutely yeah. unabashedly love this story that is completely meaningless because I don't know. It's spring training when he stuff is spring training about spring training is the best. And Hunter Green threw the pitch that Ellie hit. I don't know if it was a bomb or a foul ball, whatever it was, but either way, um, the next no, was it a foul ball? I don't know. I, I just knew that Hunter threw it, Ellie hit it, and it smashed a car window. All I also know is that it was a uh, rather expensive vehicle that Hunter Green showed yes. up in, as players often do at spring training, and then he showed up uh, for day two in a straight-up work truck. He's <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> dents and scratches are fine. I, here's, here's an example of social media. I saw somebody uh, giving Hunter Green a hard time because he said something about how Ellie had to pay for it. And somebody's like, I know you have insurance on that. You have to have insurance. It's It's the law. <laughs> really that's really why, twitter it's why really? you stay out of the comments <laughs> never venture into the comments it's a barren uh, wasteland lawless uh, <laughs> all right let's though. let's stay on hunter a little bit because this is maybe the thing that i'm most excited about the news that's dropped that i am just absolutely over the moon if it's true if it lasts pump it right into my veins it seems like hunter green who has two of the most at least according to Stuff Plus, noteworthy pitches in the game. He has two absolutely fantastic pitches. Common refrain, he needs a third. It's not surprising. Most pitchers, most starters don't succeed with only two. He might have four by the time the season starts, Chad. He is apparently learning a curve and a splitter. Derek Johnson says he's liking what he's seen with that curve so far. You know, with his velocity, velocity, a slower offering might be exactly what he needs to take that leap that we keep hoping for. We keep saying, is this the year? Is this the year? Well, we've, we've said that for two years because this is only his third year. But, I mean, think about how ridiculous his arsenal becomes when he adds a low 80s curveball to that 98, 99, 100-mile-an-hour fastball and that super fast slider that he's throwing to. Well, okay. So, um, yes, it's. I'm excited to see it. I, I hope that it's great. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to be bad vibes only here. Good vibes only. Come on. <laughs> well, no. I mean, this is the typical spring training story we get. So I, I think I have to acknowledge that first. Every yeah, spring training, we get fair. we get some some story about how he's in the best shape of his life, or he, you know, he's developing this pitch. So, okay, I wanted to acknowledge that off the top. But the flip side, uh, this is now here's me going back to that, you know, uh, hopeful spring fan. Oh my gosh, if he does develop a lights out third pitch, he's I mean, he's an ace, he's an all star, 
He's uh, in the conversation for the best pitcher in the league. There's no question that's what he needs to take that next step. And so the fact that they're working on that, that obviously they know that. If I know that, Derek Johnson knows that he needs to develop at least one more pitch. Um, but if he can develop one, that it becomes like a legit above average pitch. All of a sudden, his ceiling, which was already very high, he, there's a better chance of him getting there. So, yes, it's very exciting news. It bears watching. I want. I'm gonna. I can't wait to see. You know, watch and see if that mm-hmm. it actually comes to fruition that he's able to uh, to develop that and use it against big league hitters. Uh, but big league hitters are really, really good at their at their game. That's you know, true. They, it's unfortunately they, true. Yeah, as as uh, somebody said back in the day, Jim Brosn uh, or uh, Jim Bouton maybe back in the day said, uh, you know, the uh, the hitters drive uh, drive Mercedes too. And so um, they get paid for their game. So anyway, I don't know. Um, it's it's good to see these reports. I'm very hopeful about it. I'm not going to get out of my skis too much, but man, it does. And that's another thing that changes the calculus. Mm-hmm. If the Reds have a legitimate, you know, I mean, if he if Hunter Green's what he what we everyone thinks he can be, he's a top five pitcher at least in the league. And so have one of the aces in the National League anchoring your rotation. I mean, come on. Yeah, sign me up for that. And I'll talk a little bit more about Hunter Green um, here in a few minutes when we power rank the guys that we are most excited to uh, see actually take the field in spring training. Hunter Green is going to make one of the lists for this reason alone. I want to see what he's doing with these pitches. If he gets that splitter down too, huge. You know, that pitch is it's down and away or straight down against lefties. So it's just a different offering, a different direction that he currently doesn't have in his arsenal. And it just makes him so much more effective. And a fun little tidbit. If he wants to learn that splitter, he's doing it from some of the best in the game. Fernando Cruz has one of the best splitters in all of Major League Baseball. Frankie Montas relies on his splitter, not to mention Emilio Pagan and Nick Martinez, both big splitter guys. So if he wants to learn that pitch, he's got the people to teach him. And that's a pitch that induces weak contact and whiffs completely. Again, not a doctor. Seems like a good thing. Uh, you're right. I want to talk more about Hunter Green in a little bit, but I have to ask you, I wish that some other pitcher for the Reds could learn, a new, or, you know, add another pitch to his arsenal. Is there any chance that any other Red starter will, will do that? Listen, it's been a while since I played T-ball, but I like it when it's sitting on there for me. Indeed, there is, Chad. Um, my guy, my main man, probably my favorite Cincinnati Red, guy that I've been on since I first saw him, Graham Ashcraft, he's learning to change up. That would be in addition to a fastball, cutter, slider, and sinker, which I guess one could probably argue maybe he will have too many pitches. If he can narrow that down into the the three most effective, probably be a good strategy. But if he learns that change up and can use that to start missing bats and increasing his strikeout numbers, then watch out. I actually pulled some stats up, and we talk about this a lot on here. I hate being the uh, selective stat guy. People are like, well, you from, love it. You from this span and this span, if you just look at that, he was awesome. Well, I'm, I'm going to do the thing I hate right now because I think it's important. There was a middle stretch of the season when um, Graham Ashcalf was pretty bad last year. And it was when he had surgery, uh, that dealing with a toe injury for which he had surgery for. And he was also dealing with the death of his grandmother, of whom he was extremely close to. If you remove those 12 starts and just look at the rest of his season, Graham Ashcraft was 6-3 and three with a 2.33 ERA, a 1.089 whip, and 112 innings pitched. Those are absurd numbers. 
Those are ace, ace, ace numbers. I don't necessarily expect Graham Ashcraft to uh, you know, be the staff ace of the future. I think I would be least less shocked than anybody else on this planet besides you know, himself and his wife. But if he adds to that arsenal and we start getting that guy that can you know, lock down the middle of the rotation and sometimes show those flashes, my goodness, three-headed monster. This team could have a playoff run. And we haven't even talked about Frankie Montage yet. Let's go. Spring training is the best. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting here thinking that historically on this show, the first episode of this show was in 2007. And uh, there's not been a lot of success since then. And historically, February and March have been a lot of fun because this is the conversation <laughs> we have. And yes, it's, it's exciting. Hope springs eternal. It's exciting to think about Hunter Green, Nicoladolo, Graham Ashcraft being healthy, Green and Ashcraft adding pitches, taking that step forward that we've been hoping for. I'm telling you, I mean, and and yes, maybe we're squinting to try to see that, you know, that that happen. But it's we're not. It's not crazy talk to think that all three can do that. And so I don't know. I, I this is why I love these spring training episodes the because best. you get to dream a little bit. You just get to dream a little bit. And this year, though, you know, we're dreaming, but it's not. It's not a dream of, uh, you know, well, you know, like some years where we're just trying to figure out reasons to dream. This is a, you know, the Reds. Have it have some decent players. It's fun. So yeah. anyway, I like it. The likelihood of the guys reaching some of these outcomes that we keep hoping for is just it's just a lot more realistic this year than it has been in years past. So uh Graham's also rehabbing from uh, that that toe surgery that I mentioned. He's a little bit behind the other starters, they're saying, but mostly it's just conditioning. So should be ready for opening day. Wait, wait, Graham Ashcraft's conditioning is not uh, to the level of some of the other players? Is that what you're telling well, me? Bust out the smelling salts. You don't need <laughs> conditioning. Just a burst of energy for uh, three outs. You're good to go. Um, Lucas Sims. Sims also working on that splitter, which is pretty cool. Um, little fun fact. A little, little Lucas Sims fun fact for you, Chad. Do you know that Lucas Sims is the only player to have played, only player on the roster to have played on a Reds team not led by David Bell? Is that true? Um, they traded for him in 2018, a couple of months before Bell was hired. Brian Price. Or was, or maybe Jim Riggleman was it? Wasn't it Jim Riggleman that uh, took over for Price? Oh, it was a sad time. It was a it was a tough time. Good vibes mostly. Yeah. Um, last little player update I got here is a lot, lot of lot of scuttlebutt going on about my guy Tyler Stevenson. A lot of things I've really been enjoying. Um, first off, loving the beard. Him and Hunter Green both rocking beards. I think that says more than anything they can do to their pitch mix or. You know, OPS or work behind the plate. Don't care. Grow the beard makes you a better ball player. Science. Greg Vaughn agrees. But <laughs> most of the time, I'm expecting a big bounce back year for Tyler. Um, he, he he had a rough one last year. It was not what we expected. And there are things that you can point to as to reasons why. Coming back from that shoulder injury, um, playing first base a lot, having to practice that out. And catcher, catchers, it's so hard such a difficult position and when you are splitting time in your preparation between that and a couple other positions i can't i can't imagine that was easy on him so i guess my question to you is do you think him being able to focus solely on catching in addition to being completely healthy is going to lead to increased production on the field for tyler no <laughs> boom and well, I don't salt, here's salt and vinegar. <laughs> honey and vinegar today in the river front. Oh my gosh, I feel like Bill Lack. That's terrible. <laughs> um, 
No, listen, Tyler Stevenson is among my very favorite players on this team. I've been very bullish on Tyler Stevenson uh, over the years. I have lost a little faith, um, and I think there's there's good reason for that. Now, um, so I guess the, the reason I answered the question the way I did is this. I don't know that just being able to concentrate on catching really is going to have that much of a, a, an effect on his production offensively. Um, I think he has some flaws. I think he also has some ability. And I think that this is the year we're going to find out who Tyler Stevenson is. Yeah. And I so, agree. I don't know, maybe being able to focus just on catching will provide him a level of uh, stability. I don't know. I can't say. I will say this, that there are some, uh, again, these go in the in the category of best shape of his life stories, but, you know, he's working on framing. He's, uh, you know, uh, his defense has been subpar as catcher. And mm-hmm. if, and I've always said, if he could just be an average defensive catcher, this guy's a, a huge asset, even if he doesn't become the big time hitter that, you know, maybe we kind of, kind of hoped for in recent years, but he's another, I'm, I'm excited to have him. I, I've been said since the beginning, it's crazy to talk about putting him around other places. He needs to be your catcher. Yeah. If he wants to play catcher, he needs to be your catcher. And so they're not planning on keeping three catchers this year purportedly. Um, and I, he's, he's, Spring training to me, there's a, a lot of questions I want to see answered. And this is one of them. What's what's Tyler Stevenson going to be this year? There are a lot of guys like that. What are they going to be this year? But he's a big one for me. And uh, he's also a big one that I'm rooting for because, uh, I don't know, he just he's, he seems like a good guy. He's mm. incredibly, incredibly handsome. So, date my daughter. He's just dreaming. First, but if, I, if I did, I would yeah. say you should date Tyler Stevenson. He's dreaming. I have a daughter. And, yes, I would give permission for that, even though Tyler Stevenson <laughs> appears to be happily married. Um, but, um, so I don't know. I, I just, I got, uh, I lost, I got lost in thoughts of being Tyler Stevenson's father-in-law, but, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for him, but I, I'm not, I'm really not sure what the, he, yeah. he's as big a question mark as just about anyone on the roster for me. And so, but yeah. I'm hopeful, you know, I, I wish people would be a little more forgiving with his defense. It's been bad. If we're being fair, his defense has been pretty bad, but if you go back and look, at Tucker Barnhart's first three years in Major League Baseball, he was a below-average defensive catcher. You can improve. You can get better. I'm not saying Tyler Stevenson's going to work his butt off and become a gold glover. It's probably not impossible. It's not something I would put money on. But he can improve. And I do think that having a clearly defined role will help that aspect of it. But more importantly, um, last year he he wasn't working with all of the pitchers all the time. Andrew Abbott was using Luke Maley as his primary catcher, and I think a couple other guys were too. And it seems like so far, Tyler Stevenson's been that guy for everybody. They're setting him up to be that way. Um, that familiarity is going to do nothing but help. And also, I love that apparently Tyler Stevenson has been in Arizona for like several weeks already. Like he has just been down there grinding. So another guy that seems full of him, but another guy, if he, if he becomes who we hoped he was going to be going into last season, the year before, watch out. National League Central. All right. Last little thing before we get into the uh, topic of the week, Chad. This was going around. This actually annoyed me. I got a little too hot about this. Probably hotter than I should have. <laughs> what you got there? I'm sorry. If you're not watching on YouTube, you can't see my fabulous Ron Oster Hall of Fame bobblehead. <laughs> we were you talking bobbleheads earlier, so. You could have given me 15 guesses and I wouldn't have got that. just wanted to show Ron oh. Oster. Sorry. I apologize. Don't ever apologize for showing the world Ron Oster's bobblehead. 
Um, there was an interview with Nick Crawl, and shouts to Nick Crawl. He seems to have gotten a little bit better at talking in the offseason. Hopefully that maintains throughout the course of the year. But without going into all the details and recapping the whole interview, he pretty much just said that the door will always be open for Joey Votto to come back in some sort of coach, manager, advisor capacity. What was your initial thought? When you saw this going around, sign Joey Votto to a contract, <laughs> you cowards. Boom. I don't care Done. about what happens later. Coach, advisor, some kind of nonsense. Sign him to play for the Cincinnati Reds this season. I don't care if it makes the Reds a worse team. There, I said it. <laughs> sign Joey Votto and let's celebrate him for a full year. And what's, if he makes the Reds the worst team, what's going to happen? They're going to miss the playoffs? Been there, done that. <laughs> I'm used to that. I want to see him celebrated for a full season. I want to see every time he goes to a visiting stadium that they have a ceremony for him and give him a rocking chair and whatever. Give him his final year. I'm that's all I'm gonna say. I'm upset. Yeah, a good reason. We are aligned on that. I know a lot of people that listen to this are not, and they're entitled to those opinions. Just go signing. Just go sign Joey Votto, bring him back, and then have that conversation when he's ready to retire. Because there were some there were some pretty big Twitter accounts tweeting that there was a rumor that he could come back, that he may come back. And let it be known that Nick Crawl said that they would be open to it. There's no rumor. Joey Votto has never said a darn thing about this. This isn't news. Joey, go play baseball, hopefully for the Cincinnati Reds, because I cannot be convinced that – Josh Harrison, Jose Barrero, or Stuart Fairchild is going to bring more value to this club in the stat sheet and behind the scenes than Joseph Daniel Votto does. All right, moving on. Let me let me add one thing, please. My abs, there is a path to 2024 literally being one of my two favorite red seasons ever in my entire life, and I'm older than Methuselah. If they brought back Joey Votto, celebrated him all year, and just made the playoffs. Give Joey Votto a playoff run. I'm not even asking for a World Series, although that'd be great. If they just made the playoffs, give Votto a chance to play in the playoffs again in his send-off season. I'm telling you, um, it, uh, some of this is because my standards have been lowered by years of just uh, you know failure and disaster. But um, betrayal, failure, and disaster, as, uh, as Wes Anderson would say. But... That would make this season, I mean, seriously, as it, right up there with 1990 for me. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you don't even have 1990, so I would think that would be – it would be up there anyway. Um, they still had nap time in kindergarten, so that was a pretty good year for me, too. Thanks for calling me old, Nate. I appreciate that. Yes, I am your older, older, much older brother. A couple dope show entails. Yeah, bring him back. All right, Chad, we didn't need to get into to the topic of the week, but I'm going to use a viewer mail question. To do so, as always, these questions come from our friends and family at patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy, where for just as little as a couple bucks or as much as you want to contribute, you can join the family and join the hijinks. Kevin Lynch says, who are you most excited to see in spring training? Also, he's going March 7th through 10th. Kevin, SeatGeek is your friend. (laughs) Promo code Riverfront. Kevin, I'm glad you asked this question. Because you didn't know it at the time, but our topic of the week is to power rank the five players that we are most excited to see take the field for spring training. So, Chad, why don't you lead us off? Who are Should you I, 
most excited. And this isn't necessarily who you think. This is this is spring training specific. There are the guys that we are pumped to see all season long. But I want to know who you are pumped to watch in February and March. Well, the first is uh, is Kevin Lynch. I'm excited to see him out at spring training. I'm excited that uh, he just <laughs> hey Kevin Lynch just signed up for another year, full year with the with the uh, with the Riverfront. I mean, dude, thank you. You're the man. Be more like um, Kevin. Yeah, be be like Kevin. That's that's basically the, the this podcast tagline. Be like Kevin. So, who am I most excited to see take the field this spring training? So, uh, there are a lot of players. There's so many good answers to this question. It was tough to narrow it down to five. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I'm going to go back to kind of the drum I beat all last season. It's Will Benson. It's got to be. I mean, Will Benson. You know, I I, kind of, I got out of my, over my skis on Will Benson last spring and he vomited all over himself in his first try in his Cincinnati Reds uniform. And boy, I got hammered. I got slammed. (laughs) Oh, Chad, you're an idiot. Which, yeah, I am an idiot, but not for that reason. Not for that. Because he came back and he was great the rest the rest of the season. So, you know, I've talked a little bit in this offseason about how the Reds need outfield help. They really do need outfield help. I prefer a right-handed they need a right right-handed hitting outfielder. But um a lot of people are discounting Will Benson. And he had a good year last year. Now, some of that is honestly is because I think I think David Bell at the risk of saying something kind oh, about David Bell uh, did a good job of, of spotting him against the right right pitchers, you know. Um, but I think Will Benson could be a big key for this team. He's crazy athletic. He has serious pop. Um, defensively, very good. And so I feel like with all the younger kids making their uh, debuts and 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 all the excitement around them going into this season, I feel like there's Will Benson's a little under undervalued mm-hmm. again now. And so I really want to see him, uh, you know, take the field, really impress and um, and and build on what was a very successful season last year. Yeah, hundred percent. He um, had a one thirty OPS plus last season. Um, provided one of the most exciting moments of the entire season, arguably the most exciting with his walk off and reaction against the Dodgers. But if you're looking for a reason to keep a specific eye on Will Benson this spring training. Is David Bell going to get him at bats against lefties? Are we going to learn if he has that ability or not? So very, very good choice for your first one. Um, for my number one, I don't think I need to go too deeply into this. It's Ellie De La Cruz. It's always going to be Ellie De La Cruz. If there is a baseball field and the Cincinnati Reds are on it and Ellie is on it, he's going to be the person I'm most excited to watch. I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday and talking about how just yeah, he, he's a Braves fan and was going on about Ronald Acuna. And for good reason. And I was just talking about all these tools. Like I was like, here's why I think that these can be comparable players. And Ellie's ceiling might even be a little bit higher, which is absurd to say. He's like, Acuna had the third best season. Like it will be history last year offensively. I was like, yeah, you're right. Maybe I should pump the brakes. But the guy's got the fastest ball ever thrown from shortstop to first base. Broke O'Neill Cruz's record. Um, he hits the hardest balls of anybody in the league. He's the fastest runner in the league, or like top two or three, and all these things. And he's just the coolest guy on planet Earth. Like he has the swag and the electricity that we haven't seen since Eric Davis. And 
I can't wait to watch it. So Ellie's my number one. Well, I mean, that's completely, that's a completely great choice. And, and Ellie is the first guy in many, many years that I felt like had the opportunity to be, I mean, as great as Joey Votto was a hall of famer, um, Ellie's the guy that has a chance to be like a national superstar, mm-hmm. not just a, a local superstar. And man, it's exciting to watch. I can't wait. I, he probably should have been number one on my list because he's Ellie. I love Ellie. We are we're lucky to to have Ellie. Um, I'm going to go ahead and make we'll do this like a snake draft at least for this there round. We'll do because do it. It's good go together. My number two is my guy Noel V. Marte. Um, friendly reminder: 22 years old. One of the things that I find interesting is that when we when he came over, also in that trade for Luis Castillo, we thought that he was going to be sort of like a power hitting slugger who was going to fill out and not be able to play shortstop anymore, and he showed up and I didn't really put it together until he got to Cincinnati last year. He was slimmed down. He's got elite sprint speed and this advanced polish and approach to the batter's box. I mean, small sample size, sure. 35 games down the stretch, 316 batting average, 822 OPS. Some of the highest exit velocities on the team. And they say the offseason, he's been working hard on increasing his launch a- angle a little bit to turn some of those absolutely scorched ground balls into line drives. So I am going to be keeping my eye on Noel V. Marte to see if he can sustain that progress because he's got a big hitting streak going on right now. Like so many fun little things. The uh, I was reading a bunch of articles preparing for this show, and people are talking about Ellie and Noel V. It's not Ellie, and then in another conversation, they bring up how excited they are about Noel V. Marte. People are talking about them in the same breath, the same conversation. Like, hey, these two guys, they're built a little different. They could be truly, truly special in these, these hushed tones. So I'm pumped to see what the absolute lock for the 2004 Rookie of the Year is going to look like once he's back up and playing. <laughs> well, I hope you're, hope you're right about that. I'm excited to see what Noelva can do. I, I, I've never been the sort of, sort of you know, most excited Noelva Marte fan. Not that I don't like him. I do like him a lot, but... I'm a little bit, a little more unsure about him. Than and we had to other sacrifice Luis Castillo to get him. Like, All right. That's probably, yeah, that's probably part of it. But I mean, he has the tools. So I'm excited to see. Uh, my, uh, my number two was going to be Ella De La Cruz. Um, which really he shouldn't have been behind Will Benson. But uh, since I don't have, uh, can't use Ella De La Cruz, I guess I can't, could use him, but I'm incredibly excited. But instead I'm going to go with Ron Oster. I'm excited to see what Reds Hall of Famer Ron Oster does this uh, this spring training, whether he shows up to a game, whether maybe they get him uh, back to a Reds Hall of Fame uh, benefit game. I don't know. Ron Oster, the most mediocre Reds <laughs> Hall of Famer of all time. Love it. And I, I hope he doesn't listen to this show. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm going to go to number three now. So I have uh, Benson, Ellie, and then number three. We've talked about him already. I'm not going to spend a lot more time uh, – diving into it but really man i'm so excited to see what nicola dola can do i just again we talked about it but he could be the guy he could really anchor this rotation i don't mean anchor in the terms of being the ace although it's possible impossible but i want to see what he does this spring and uh because what he does this spring is going to give us a big clue into um how we're going to be in april may june and how this this team has a chance to compete going forward 100%. Couldn't agree more. Um, 
For my number three, we'll stay on this pitcher train for a minute. And some guy we've already talked at length about. It's just Hunter Green. You know, I want to see these new pitches in action. I want to see if they're legit, if he's able to command them. Um, you know, he's he's only 24 years old. And he's a young 24. He saw less action in the minor leagues than other players that would have had two years of major league experience at this time. You know, COVID shortened season, some of those injuries. Like he's he's so inexperienced and so raw. But now he's got a beard. So I think that makes him a better pitcher. So Hunter Green, my my number three. I think you're right. That does make him a better <laughs> pitcher. There's no question. I want to go with another pitcher for number four. And it's not a guy that we've spent a whole lot of time talking about on this show, but the vibes check out of Arizona has been incredible. <laughs> and that is Frankie Montas. New acquisition. My guy showed up a week early, Chad. They said, but he's actually been around the Arizona complex ever since he got signed. He's just been down there helping out the uh, the Reds pitcher and catcher camps for minor leaguers, just hanging out. They're saying that, I mean, just the reports have been incredible. He is finishing his work and then just hanging out and watching the other pitchers go, just taking notes. He joined the caravan and apparently – Afterwards, took Ty Floyd and Rhett Lauder, two of the 2023 top draft picks, to dinner at Jeff Ruby's, making friends with the young guys. He told Hunter Green after a bullpen that his stuff is electric and he has potential to be the best pitcher in the whole darn league. He told Brandon Williamson that if he, Frankie, could throw a curveball like him, he'd win the Cy Young. The guy's trying to make me love him, and I got to tell you, it is working. And on top of all that, the early reports are that he is really, really impressing people during his bullpens, and man, we get anywhere, anywhere near that 2021 or pre-injury 2022 versions of this guy. As uh, as, as Michael Jordan once said, uh, the ceiling is the roof. <laughs> no, I think it's fair. I think it's really fair. He's, I mean, the guy's talent. We know that. Um, he's got a cool name. But he's a guy that really, you know, I'm excited to see how he performs on the field. But I think I'm equally as excited to see how much this guy becomes like a uh, you know, a fan favorite. I think there's, I think there's a non-zero chance that he's going to come one of the favorite, uh, you know, amongst the fans of yeah. any of these players. He just he has personality. He's not a shy to uh, to say what he thinks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I, he, I'm on I'm on top of this guy. I, I'm I'm I like him a lot. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, for sure. Well, you go ahead and do your number four, and then uh, I'll do my five, and you can close this out. All right. So my number four is is Hunter Green, uh, who you, you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hunter Green. I mean, listen, I know I've been accused of injuring Hunter Green in the past, and I don't appreciate that <laughs> because I love Hunter Green. I've been high on him since he was on a Sports Illustrated cover. What people don't remember, so I look, I know when he came back from the injury last year, he was uh, it was bad for a little while. I don't know if he was still injured and came back too early. I don't know what happened, but his first few starts were not good. Go look at his numbers before he was injured last year. He was by far the Reds' best pitcher, by far. And so, um, though those that sort of, there are people that call him a bust, which is insanity. The kid's going to be twenty four this year. Okay, still young. Uh, I always point out to people, and I'm not making this comparison because there's really no comparison here. There are different types of pitchers, but go look at Greg Maddox's first two years in, mm-hmm. in the league, and then he became one of the five best pitchers maybe in the history of baseball. So. Young pitchers struggle. Um, uh, just like Nadola, Ladola, it's going to be health with him. Just like uh, um, 
you know, uh, well, some of these young players that we're talking about, it's going to depend on him taking that next step. You know, one thing that we always talk about with young pitchers is the key to long-term success is at some point they have to make adjustments. So we talked about his, you know, maybe learning new pitches. Are these the adjustments? If he's able to make those adjustments, because the hitters are making adjustments, these are these mm-hmm. are these are good good hitters. If he's able to do that, this is the year we'll we'll start to see it a little bit. And so I'm just I'm thrilled I'm thrilled to see where he goes, what he does, and and you know what happens. Yeah, people people just they forget Hunter Green has that same ceiling as Ellie David Cruz. He can yes. be an all world all universe type of pitcher. Um, I didn't realize my list was so pitcher heavy, but I'm, I'm staying on the mound for my number five. Another guy that we haven't talked a ton about on this show at all, and that's a young fellow named Chase Petty. Mm. Um, Chase Petty came over in the Sunny Gray trade after the 2021 season. He made his way up to Double A Chattanooga as a 20 year old last year, and the former first round pick of the Twins pitched to an excellent. 1.72 ERA across only 68 innings. They're very, very cautious with him. Um, those innings were split between Chattanooga and the high Dayton Dragons. But what's noteworthy here, and what I'm excited to see why I want to watch this guy take the field, is that when he was in high school, when he was drafted, he was touching 100 fairly routinely. That kind of special live arm. And he put up those ridiculously good numbers last year while experiencing experiencing a velocity dip. He was not getting very close to that. But there are the reports out of Arizona. My guy's sitting in the upper 90s and touching that 100 miles per hour that he flashed in high school. So they're saying it's back. Rave reviews from the coaches and the players. They're all blown away by this guy's stuff. It's just pure, pure ability. And if you're looking for another reason, another fun stat, guess how many home runs Chase Petty gave up in 2023? 42. That was close. Zero. Zero home runs, which is pretty good. Oh, so man. keep an eye on that live arm because if he, if he's the guy that he can be, if they can stretch him out, 2025 could get really, really fun in this rotation. All right. Yeah. That does it for me. That's my five. I'll just say uh, if Chase Petty plays a real role on this year's team, that could be that could be very exciting indeed. All right, so my my number five, the five players we're most excited to see take the field. Number five, Joey Votto. Oh, let's go! Sign him, you cowards! Sign him. I love it, Joey. We miss you. We love you. Please come back. All right, that's a pretty good list. Um. To recap real quick, Chad had Will Benson, Ron Oster, slash Ellie Dela Cruz, Nicodolo, Hunter Green, and Joseph Daniel Vado. I went with Ellie, Nuelvi Marte, Hunter Green, Frankie Montas, and Chase Petty. Um, I said it on Twitter earlier, but I'm I'm excited for the uh, opportunity to see Chase Petty coming out of the bullpen for the 2024 Reds playoff run. Shutting them down. Love it. But Chad, let's get into some viewer mail questions to take this thing home. We are running a little bit long. As always, much like our friend Kevin Lynch, he's coming up from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfrontcency. Come hang out with us. First question, Seth Shaner, host of the Red Leg Roundtable. If you, if, you, if you have not checked that out, go do it. He had an excellent, excellent interview with uh, longtime Red sports writer Hal McCoy. That is just a must-listen if you're a Reds fan. Seth says, the best seasons are filled with these little inside stories that true fans remember. 
While the Ellie foul ball off Hunter's Mercedes window went viral, I predict it's just the first of many tidbits we will look back and fondly remember about the 2024 season. How cool is this? It's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool. Like like Chad was saying earlier, like this has potential to be one of, if not the most memorable red season. For not just people that have been around for, you know, a, a, an older vintage of Reds fan. Me. This lost generation that you speak about so often, this could absolutely be the highlight of their Reds fanhood. And yes, Ed, it's pretty exciting. Um, anything to add to that, Chad? No, it's exciting. I'm I'm having fun right yeah. now, and I like having fun. It's great. The whole episode's been dedicated to how exciting this is. Um, Hooper Powell says, hearing all the criticism of the new Nike jerseys, um, should we let the Red Legs borrow our beer league softball uniforms? Absolutely. Yes. I, I think that Christian Encarnacion Strand might uh, want a little better fit than I can give him, but 100%. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Without question, and I think it's been funny to watch the sort of uh, consternation over these new these new uniforms. And yeah, some of them look pretty bad, but whatever. You know, new I can't get too excited about that. Apparently, the pants are see through. So have fun, ladies. All right, next question or comment: Is there anything more exciting about the start up to a new season? I think not, baby. That was a question, and I agree, man. There is nothing. There is nothing like spring training. Oh, yeah. Joey Gaditza, never change. Love that guy. Love spring training. Love the good vibes. All right. Last question comes from the always brief Rich Thompson. <laughs> Rich, the legend, says not to be a Debbie Downer. Don't worry, Rich. Uh, Chad took on that role for you today. Uh-huh, he said, come on. But if the regular season starts off with Ashcraft, Lodolo, McLean, and Sam Mole on the IL for two to four weeks, with a starting rotation of Green, Montas, Abbott, Martinez, and Williamson through April, what record above or below 500 and place in the division do you foresee the Reds having by the end of April? P.S. Rich is optimistic that they have enough depth to overcome such injuries. What do you think, Chad? Well, I think that uh, if that happens, if if all that happens and all those guys are on the uh, on the injured list early on, the Reds will probably, at, by the end of April, have a record of, uh, I'm going to say, 23-5, and five, and they'll be in first place by about, I don't know, four games. That's what I predict. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, Rich, I think they'll be fine. Last year, they had 11 starts in the first month by Luke Weaver, Louis Sessa, Connor Overton, Levi Stout. They were 12-16 and 16 heading into May. I think they'll be better than that. I think they'll be – I'll look at the schedule. It's, it's, it's a mixed bag. They got some a lot of playoff teams in there, some teams that are have a lot of question marks. So we'll see, but I think they can be 500 or better, um, with the injuries or not. We're going to learn a lot in April, but uh, you know those there's a lot more games after that. So 500 or better, which is an exciting time for a Reds fan. That hasn't happened too often. All right, Chad, let's take this thing home um, real quick. Go check out everything else we have going on at the Riverfront. Joe and Greg with the Bengal Show, Tim and Ben with Late Night Reds, Seth with the Red Lake Roundtable. Awesome interview coming up with Adam Rosales, which is super cool. That's awesome. Uh, fan favorite, pumped to listen to that. And he's got some other things in the works. We're cooking, baby. We've also got some NBA and college sports content going on. It's all good. Worth your time. Check them out. Chad, any parting words for our faithful listeners? No, just good vibes only. I mean, really, uh, I'm, I'm genuine. I am genuinely excited 
about what's going on right now and and optimistic. I, I am optimistic. I think it's gonna be a fun year. And so let's let's get it on. Let's get on the field and start playing some ball. I love it. Let's go. Thank you to everyone for listening and supporting the Riverfront. Tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your friends, parents, send them notes home from school if you're a teacher. Ask them to subscribe. Give us the likes. We love those things. It helps the show. And once again, shout out to our family at Patreon. We would love to have you on board also. Uh, Shouts to my guy, Adam Dunn. Shouts to Lisa Alberto. To Wayne Krenchicki. And to Eli Cash. For Chad Dotson. And Levi Stout. This is Nate Dotson. Saying so long, Cincinnati.